Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Fallon. Welcome to another one. This time, let's find out what it's like being freelance for graphic designer and illustrator Kingsley Nabechi. My parents didn't quite understand. They, they didn't understand how you would leave such a good job to, in a sense, take a chance. I used to go on walks during my lunchtime and I came across the gallery, walked around the gallery and I was like, oh, this would be a great space if I were to do an exhibition one day. And I just sat there and I was like, one day? Like, why one day? I looked at what I've done previously. I'm like, how can I double the sort of outcome? It's like a me versus me thing. Yeah, so that is Kingsley. Um, (laughs) Recording this in the fifth week of our children being at home, just after Easter, I'm sitting out in the garden in glorious sunshine at like one in the afternoon because the house is full of people. Uh, other podcasts i uh like they're doing it for kids podcasts i'm recording them in the car at night but it's cool i figured it would be too hot in the car so yeah i'm outside things could be worse i guess sitting out here today um i love kingsley's work he was telling me that his parents are nigerian but he was born in italy lived in italy until he was 14 i think he said and then switched over to the uk where he's been based ever since so um yeah, he's moved a lot geographically. It'll be interesting to find out the moves he's made with his career as well. So that coming up in a moment. Don't forget, beingfreelance.com is where you can find all of the episodes. There's a link through to the community as well. Videos that I make, loads of articles on the blog. So please do check those out as well. That's all at beingfreelance.com. And if you're listening to this as it goes out, while most of the world is under lockdown, uh, then please do come and join us in the community. We're doing extra things like the the pub quiz with live music we're doing the book club we're doing like a, a social zoom where we just get to hang out and chat if that sounds like something you'd like then please do come join us it's beingfreelance.com click community right now though let's find out what it's like being freelance for graphic designer and illustrator kingsley nebechi hey kingsley <laughs> hey how you doing i'm good i am sitting in my garden on lockdown kingsley is at a dining table so at my end you, i i might fade myself out every now and again oh, no problem, <laughs> when this no is when this is edited who knows what it, it could be sirens it could be people hammering <laughs> could be uh, someone with an extremely loud car uh, yes exactly just driving past could be somebody trying to enjoy the serenity of their garden saying can you stop recording a podcast <laughs> next door <laughs> Who do you think you are? Um, <laughs> well, but anyway, <laughs> that's true. We're a very one-sided conversation. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Kingsley, thanks so much for doing this. No um, let's get started as ever, hearing how you got started being freelance. So there was a few different starts, uh, I would say. Um, I think the last start was probably the main one. But initially, uh, I went freelance in 2016 after working for an agency called I Love Dust in Portsmouth. So after a while, I decided to move back to London uh, to be close to my family and friends. And um, I didn't want to look for another job. I thought I would just sort of give it a try um, for a year. So it was like more of like a tester in a sense uh, to see how I would do. Um, it was great. But one thing I realized is that I was missing the business side of things because I was an in-house designer. So a lot of sort of the invoicing, chasing clients, I wasn't too familiar with. Um, so I struggled a little bit with it. Oh, I see. So, 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 sorry, when you say you were missing it, you don't mean as in you pined for it, but rather you didn't really know what you were doing. Yeah, it was sort of missing in my skill set. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up applying for a job with a grooming company, Jack the Clipper. And the funny story is I initially applied to be a scenographic designer, but the art director 
um, creative director left uh, at the same time I was interviewing. So they ended up giving me his job. So I ended up pretty much running the creative side of the grooming company from vouchers to promotional ads and also running the business side of things, which gave me like a very good idea on things. And um, after two and a half years working there, freelance work just got in the way of things. And I found myself going to client meetings and lunch breaks, um, working in the corner of my screen on two different things, one for work and one for myself, doing feedback during lunch. And I just decided to just give it a try. And it's been a year and a bit and it's been great. It's been absolutely fantastic. So you were freelancing on the side whilst working yeah, yeah. for the grooming company. So where where were you getting that work from? Uh, it was um, it was mostly Instagram and also previous clients I was working with. So I feel like a lot of my work started off music related projects. So it would be artwork for singles and uh, music, and then it kind of started going into book covers. And podcast artwork, which I still do, which I sketched a few ideas for BBC this morning. <laughs> um, and it was kind of like a really, really organic growth where initially I was kind of like, okay, it's this, you know, I'll just do it on the side as I'm, you know, working. And then it came to a point when I would just wake up early in the morning to make sure things were done on the freelance side of things and then come into work and go back home to continue it. So, I feel like it's kind of came from like word of mouth and posting stuff on Instagram and people sort of having a look at my website as well and seeing like lots of the different things I was doing at the time. And quite a lot of work that you do then is quite like, yes, you're a graphic designer, but as you say, you're an illustrator, you're an artist. So a lot of it is, um, I don't know, I guess like your style. Is it quite identifiable? Yeah, I feel like... um, because I went to I went to uni in Portsmouth studying sort of graphic design, I didn't sort of realize how I would uh, include a lot of typography in my work that I would design. So I would sketch like an idea or create artwork, and then I would just work on typography separately. And I really enjoyed doing it. And then an art director was like, "Oh, can you, you know, can you do uh, the typography for the book cover that you designed as well, if you don't mind? Because uh, I, I can see that you like typography and." I had a really, really long think about it. I was like, I think I really do. I think it's my graphic design degree that's just dying to come out. <laughs> so um, so I like to kind of just do both. So I consider myself an illustrator, but I also use my design skills to make sure I can sort of offer my clients more than illustration, in a sense. And so some people were finding you because of what you were sharing on, on Instagram. How, how often were you putting stuff out and what kind of stuff was it? Was it behind the scenes? Was it finished work? Do you do stories? Like what was that like? It was mostly finished work. Um, every now and then I would post sketches um, because I think when I sort of start the process, I'm very into my head, like inside my head and thoughts. And it's, it's hard sometimes to stop and be like, okay, let me just show this. So usually it's like the finished thing and then a few sketches leading up to it unless I want to sort of revisit some of the sketches. So I usually keep the ones I'm thinking, the ones I I like, the ones I'm kind of thinking like, oh, I could sort of take this further for something else. Um, But usually I like to just show the final thing and here's other options that maybe didn't make it or the options leading up to the final thing. So it was quite quite often, 
it's quite often so whenever whenever I could and I mean you mentioned the BBC and I think you've you, you've had quite a lot of high profile clients did they just find you on Instagram or do you have an agent or like like how how um how have you got those sort of clients uh so um in 2017 i want to say uh, i started doing a lot of podcast artwork for upcoming podcasts and a few of them became pretty pretty big and they uh, bbc started sort of hosting a lot of these podcasts so some of the artworks i did for different organizations sometimes they'll take them in and then redraw the artwork for themselves but a lot of the BBC sort of thing was to slightly change it and get me to like change my own my own artwork in a sense um so I think a lot of the people there just kind of saw what I what I was doing and then commissioned me to do other podcasts that they had going on so things from like uh, Radio One to BBC One Extra it, it felt like it was just going from like one department to the next so one day it will be like the Asian network and the other day it will be like, um, yeah, Radio One or it was, it was quite, it was quite interesting. It was, it's, it's been pretty fun to meet a lot of the people from different departments. That's so cool. Yeah. So it started with smaller podcasts and then once that foot was in the door, everybody kept showing, seeing your work, showing yeah. it. And when you decided to go freelance, how did you... No, I mean, you said like the first time you went freelance, you weren't sure about the business side of things. But how did you get around that and like knowing what to charge? And I I don't know whether even within that, like, do you think how long something's going to take you or are you thinking about how big the client is? Like, how how have you got around all of those various questions that pop up? Um, Initially, it was like I was really unsure. And especially like um, coming from like, the culture I come from like my parents didn't quite understand like that side of things they 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 didn't understand how you would leave such a good job to in a sense take a chance in their in their eyes even though my dad is an architect and works for himself which is the strangest thing like he understands (laughs) his own thing but kind of like why would you leave a job for you know just doing what you do um (laughs) (laughs) so initially it was really strange but the thing about me is that I feel like when I have an idea or I have some sort of like goal my brain seems to not leave me alone until I actually take action so I just kept feeling it and feeling it and and I feel like the fact that my boss at the time was just giving me a headache every single day didn't help at all so I thought you know what I'll set myself a date I'll also kind of write down my dream clients and then I'll go I'll go and chase them after the date is up. And um, the strange thing is that I ticked off a lot of those dream clients before I left. And I think one of them was was Nike. And but the second time I got to work with them, I said, I can't stay here any longer. I can't stay in this in this job any longer. I have to just I just want to be home, focus all my energy on creating the best artwork I can for things like this. <laughs> Initially it was a little bit scary, but after a while, I felt like I was really sort of taking an active approach on following what I wanted to do. Yeah. When when you wrote that list of dream clients, how did you go about getting them? So, for example, like I always wanted to do work for Nike because when I was working in Portsmouth for the design agency, we did a lot of artwork for them and 
I used to just look at it and be like, oh, this is not going to have my name on it. Like, no one's going to know. Like, I drew, like, three people in this illustration. <laughs> my colleagues drew the rest. Like, no one's going to know. <laughs> there isn't credits or anything. So in my, I did an exhibition in 2017, uh, my first solo exhibition. And I constructed these shoe boxes and drew on top of the shoe boxes. So essentially the idea was to not limit myself to paper or Photoshop and just use a surface of shoe boxes to create like a bigger piece. I think it was a, an advertisement agency saw it through, I think, posting it on Instagram and stuff. And they got me to do a custom set of shoe boxes that they were given to YouTubers at the time. That kind of led to more work for Nike, which was incredible. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, a couple of couple of things I'm I'm thinking there though. So you did your own exhibition. So that uh, so an exhibition of your own artwork, and I'm pl- placing it in time. Was that when you were at the grooming yes. company? Yes, yes, yes. So I I, I took. Um, I remember I took because uh, my colleagues obviously. My colleagues knew I was uh, freelancing on the side, but my boss didn't. So he would um, he would come into work sometimes and be like, "Oh, your work is really good. Like you should you should promote yourself more. Like you're an untapped talent." And I'm just and I used to just sit there and be like, "Okay, uh, <laughs> do I tell I him or tell do him. I just?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I just took uh, a week off to set up and invited everyone in the office and told them not to bring the boss because uh, I didn't want him to see all the things I was doing at the same time I was doing work. <laughs> so what did you do? Did you like hire a space for a certain... So initially I found the space through... Because um, I used to go on walks during my lunchtime. And I came across the gallery, walked around the gallery, and I was like, oh, this would be a great space if I were to do an exhibition one day. And I just sat there. I was like, one day? Like, why one day when it's just here? And Yeah, so I got in touch with the gallery owner, super, super great guy. Yeah, I was originally born in Italy and the owner was half Italian. So we just sat there and spoke Italian and drank coffee. And um, <laughs> I, think, I think that was a great introduction. Um, and um, yeah, it just gave me, it just gave me <laughs> access to the space for a week. Uh, this like two floors space. Um, so I did sort of the top floor of the exhibition was prints and artworks uh, created digitally on a computer. And downstairs was like all these pieces that I created, illustration on drums, canvases, shopping bags, where I would draw like characters on top of shopping bags. And uh, it was, you know, it was pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty, pretty fun. How did you capitalize on that? Yes, you invited the people in, in your office, but you had the place for a week. So how did you make the most out of that? Initially, it was more of like a challenge because uh, I, I like to do this thing where I, I is like a me versus me thing, like. I, I look at what I've done previously. I'm like, how can I double the sort of outcome? And I had the space for a week and I just like looked around and then see how I could interact sort of with the walls or the, the available space. And I thought, okay, it would be cool because I like to just draw on a computer a lot, but I also like to just physically make things, whether it's like drawing on canvases or drawing on shoeboxes or uh, glass or actual people, as I've done before. Um, so I thought I'd separate into two and um, sort of see what how people would interact with it. And I think overall, looking back at it, it was really, really great because a lot of the prints sold and I've also managed to sell a table I drew on. And, 
and someone also inquired about the the shoe um, the Nike shoebox thing that I did, um, but I decided to keep it because it, it meant so much to me. I was like, this is pretty much what allowed me to work with my dream client. So is in my bedroom at the moment. <laughs> so I take it side projects are presumably important to you, not just working on client work, but working on your own stuff. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's where I get a lot of my ideas is like I would even last week for example I decided to just not do any client work for three days and just sit around and draw all the things that'll come to mind and I feel like two of those things I drew last week are already making their way into my current client work it's kind of like they kind of feed of each other in a sense like one thing takes from one thing and sometimes I'll create something for client work and I'm like oh that sort of type of texturing or shading would be great for this thing i'm working on the side working on the side so yeah it's like a, one helps the other in a sense how about the way you work like as in normally let's put aside the whole lockdown thing do you work from home do you have a, a studio space what's it like for you uh yeah so i work from home so when uh they when the news were like oh we're gonna be on lockdown i i was like well nothing changes for me i guess <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend was like oh you're gonna have to stay indoors i'm like okay <laughs> okay <laughs> um so yeah it's just um i have a studio space at the back of the, my house so it's like a separate room where i just lock myself up in there for like the whole day um because i i used to sort of try and like work for my living room sometimes and answer my emails but one thing i've learned is that your brain kind of associates it to work. So you can never sort of feel completely relaxed when you're in an environment where you usually create work. So mm. I just literally restrict it to that room now. Do you work like certain hours or just when it takes you? Um, see, that's the, that's the funny thing that I've been trying to work out. It's like sometimes I get like, uh, in a sense, like bursts of energy where I just want to draw things. And it could be like two o'clock in the morning or it could be two o'clock in the afternoon. So I kind of just like to run with it but i try to have between nine and six every day if possible sometimes i start a little bit later finish a bit later but usually is when the idea strikes i like to just note it down before it leaves me in a sense so when it comes to your weekends or your evenings uh i try my hardest to keep it free from work but depends on the deadline sometimes i would have like a full schedule and I'd have like a client I really like and they'll be like, well, we need it in two days. Um, so I prefer to get the artwork done as soon as possible so it doesn't interfere with other things, which sometimes means working over the weekend or evenings, but I'm also very kind to myself. So if I end up working Saturday and Sunday, I just take it easy Monday and Tuesday to kind of give myself a little bit of balance. And when you take, like you said, you know, you took three days to work on your own stuff, do you have to tell people, you know, you're not available for work or is it simply that? Um, especially with the three days, I tried to plan it in a sort of week where my deadlines were very spaced out. So I was thinking about it for a while before I did it. I was thinking, what would I do? What would I draw and stuff? It kind of happened in a way where a lot of the deadlines were at the end of the week so I thought okay Monday Tuesday and Wednesday I'll just do these things still answer my emails and send like minor feedback for certain things but I wouldn't necessarily start anything new client-based I would just focus on these things I'm creating and when the time is over obviously I would have a lot to catch up on but at least I've learned something new and you were 
obviously somebody who you know you had those goals you wrote your goals down how about now now that you've got a load of dream clients <laughs> like do, do you now create new goals what drives you forward yeah. now all the time um i find i find that like constantly setting goals it keeps me pushing for more it's weird it's like it's almost kind of like the designer that doesn't take the deadline serious until it's like the day before and you don't have nothing so now you're kind of frantically like working on stuff and you have a bit more focus because you're panicking i find that my my own personality is like if i don't have anything that i'm sort of chasing or working towards i kind of just go in a loop in a way so i try to just constantly set things so um my goal for the year this year was finding an agent and i did but then i realized i didn't want one (laughs) so i was like okay (laughs) i'll um i'll just leave it but it, it felt good that i set a goal for myself and i managed to just find one and then i'm like okay i'm i'm capable of that i'll focus on something else now and then um can sort of keep the thing going in a way what made you not want the agent i felt like i was getting a lot of clients i really liked on my own and um involving an agent would mean that a lot of the clients would go through them rather than me and I just wasn't quite ready for that idea yet. Even though I understand, obviously, um, agents will bring in really good clients too. Um, but I felt like I just want, I wanted to be on my own for a little bit longer and sort of see how far I can push it. So is that part of that because actually you enjoy the client relationship? I do. I really do. And I think I didn't re- notice until you have mentioned it just now. <laughs> when I think about it, I actually do. <laughs> I really do. Because some people don't, you know, some people who are artistic would rather just concentrate on, you know, the art, as it were, in quotation marks. Very true. I felt like I was like that, but over the past couple of months, I'm realising that I really enjoy sort of getting in touch with them, sending them ideas, discussing ideas and discussing feedback. I really enjoy that side of things. However, sometimes I do, I would, on some jobs, I would love for someone to be in between, so they can get a bit more clarity on the difficult ones. But overall, I really enjoy it. And I guess a, an agent would deal with uh, the finance side of things as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So are you okay with doing that now? Um, sometimes it does get a bit, uh, it does get a bit confusing. For example, if it's like quoting for something, um, some of the clients might not explain the full extent of what you're going to be working on. So you might give like, a specific quote and then realize that this artwork is going to be on here here and here and you're just like ah like i'm gonna to have to go back on my word and have a whole discussion which takes away from the creativity sometimes it's almost kind of like you're so excited to discuss the ideas like yes we're gonna draw this this and this and that's gonna look like this it's gonna be amazing and then the money side of thing comes now you're just like oh the the, the sort of vibe kind of <laughs> um goes a bit low so i would love that side of things I would love for someone to be there to be like okay we're going to discuss this and blah blah blah, and then I can just keep the joy of the artwork inside of things but at the same time it's like um what the last job I had did for me is that it made me comfortable discussing finances with clients and stuff to the point where I wouldn't have to be like shy and or like embarrassed to ask for more or not agree on like a fee that's being proposed 
So we mentioned Nike, but you have worked with sports stars, very high-profile music artists and things. Mm-hmm. Has that all come about through people seeing your work on Instagram? Or do you send things out and approach people? I find there's like word of mouth. Um, I try to, I think my personal motto is to give 100% on everything I'm working on. And it came from like a really strange night where I was just listening to music on different blogs a while ago. And then someone commented on, on someone's song and was like, this dude ne- never gives less than 100% on every song he makes. And then I remember reading that comment thinking, I want someone to talk about my work like that. And from that night on, I was like, anything I'm working on, I want to give him 100%, which means it's like, whether it's a smaller job or a bigger job, I feel like a lot of the smaller jobs is like, it's almost kind of like investing in somebody because that person might get picked up by BBC and then now your work gets moved with their thing and you kind of grow with your clients. So I feel like from smaller jobs, even, for example, doing the the logo for Stormzy, it came from like a smaller job. They saw it and they were like, oh, you'll be great to pitch ideas for this thing. And um, it kind of saw like a snowball effect that starts from something really tiny and then becomes something really big, which is great. It's really cool. Something I wanted to ask you about was when mm-hmm. I got an email from you, uh, mm-hmm. I think at the bottom it says a soulful mind. And yeah. <laughs> I've noticed that on your Instagram as well, like the URL, A Soulful Mind. And yet when I click that, it goes through to a URL, which is your name. So yeah. Kingsley <laughs> Nebechi. So it got me thinking, well, did you trade as a soulful mind, then decide just to be yourself? Like, Yeah, explain. Explain yeah. yourself. <laughs> explain myself. <laughs> um, so yeah, so A Soulful Mind was um, the name of my first exhibition. And the idea behind it was... I wanted things to feel like really soulful. Um, and a lot of the music I listen to and I love all kind of feels very soulful. Um, and it's the same type of music that I listen to when I'm creating artwork. And um, from then, I kind of decided to just make clothes with the tagline and possibly thinking about sort of having it as like a signature and stuff. But I also liked that I really liked the idea of having my own name be attached to my name so I didn't want to completely fade out my name to the point where it'll be like you know like a fun fact for people to be like oh his real name is Kingsley <laughs> I didn't want it to be like that um so I kind of wanted both hence why it's kind of like one URL leads to the other but ultimately I would love to just make the full transition at some point when I kind of get over the fact that I want my name to be everywhere <laughs> 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 and so would that be Nebechi everywhere or would it be Kingsley so you're oh yeah so um so yeah so the little signature I put on my artwork is K Nebechi I didn't want to put my full name on things I kind of wanted to be like more like a, a hint as I tried to put my logo on like all the artwork I made um but usually yeah my surname as well and that thing is more for my dad um because he initially had no clue what I was doing. It would be like, you know, what is it? What is it that you're doing? And when I left uh, Portsmouth to come back to London, he was really annoyed because he was like, why would you leave a whole job to come back here and sit in my house? But eventually I drew a illustrated piece for Arsenal and a charity company, which was like a illustration of Thierry Henry. And he signed it 
and we sold 10 prints for charity. And then when he saw it, um, he saw it on the newspaper. The Evening Standard put the, the actual illustration on the newspaper. And that's when he understood what I was doing. So my <laughs> my whole thing of sort of using my name is kind of like to, in a way, kind of um, honor my family so surname and make him proud in a way. That's- Oh, the man, that's nice. Um, <laughs> now, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true and one a lie and let me figure out the lie. What do you have for me, Kingsley? So fact number one, uh, I once designed a whole magazine from top to bottom. So I did typeset, uh, retouched the images, uh, did the title design, the cover, and also final the stock photography for the, for the actual photos. Uh, for the entire magazine. Fact number two, I once designed a whole book. So from cover to interior illustrations and also typeset all the text inside the book and back cover, of course. And the third fact is I once designed a range of products for Tesco. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. (laughs) Okay. The funny thing is, when you said the magazine, and I was I was just writing down like little notes to myself, and I thought, and I actually wrote down lot of work, <laughs> like, <laughs> and then you, and then you said book, and I thought even more work. Although maybe it's yeah. not, maybe a magazine, you know, it depends. <laughs> and then you said Tesco, and now I'm thinking, what the hell? Um, <laughs> now I don't know. The thing is, right? Mm-hmm. Part of me says initially thinks Tesco-ism just because your work is so cool and apologies Tesco but you're not and but then I think well you worked for an agency so it's yeah so the fact is you adapt you know now you're known for a particular style and but if you were told to do something for Tesco then you would just do it in the style of Tesco absolutely yeah so that is and sometimes they do their own brand stuff and make up the name of a farm and you suddenly have to create a load of (laughs) stuff for a farm that doesn't exist yeah very true so that could be true so like there's a lot of work out there at the moment that's mine but you wouldn't associate it to me because it doesn't look like my work and so you don't but you don't show that work in your portfolio because it's not what you want to be known for yeah exactly but what was the range of of food products and did you get to eat them okay it was sausages and did they send you samples uh no they kind of just give you a voucher and it's just you just kind of just go wild with it and buy sausages for your family and friends and stuff which is a very strange thing to buy for people but (laughs) hey (laughs) what can i do I can't um, just fill my freezer up with twenty-four <laughs> sausage <laughs> Uh Book, book magazine. Um, okay, and what was the book about? The book. Uh, so the book was an author um, in Portsmouth. So uh, initially, they got me to do the cover, the front cover, and the back cover. But then I had, at the time, I had this very interesting, uh, some some might say stupid idea to offer to do the typesetting because I thought it would be simple, right? Um, very wrong I've lost about three weeks of my life to typesetting uh, but I know how to typeset a whole book now if I wanted to (laughs) okay do you know what I think the book is true I think Tesco weirdly is true I'm saying the magazine is the lie it's not true well Tesco's not true uh, the magazine I did a long time ago. The a, a client of mine from a long long time ago asked me if I could do the whole thing and I was like 
very young, wanting to learn things. And I said, yes. And that cost me a month of my life and didn't get paid for it because <laughs> he just didn't want to pay me at the time. And I was like, okay, cool. I've so learned Tes- something new. <laughs> Tesco wasn't true. Tesco wasn't true. No. I was so close. Oh. <laughs> I would love to though one day. I'm so disappointed for your sausages. Now, um, <laughs> if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? I would say stop overthinking and just work hard and just do it. Like I was worrying about it so much to the point where I didn't really look at what was in front of me. And once I kind of just let myself just go with it, it became, I kind of felt like myself, like kind of like I was listening to like one of your episodes with uh, um, a lettering artist. And she was saying how she felt like she was a sort of, herself by isolating herself and working because she doesn't really deal well with working other people and stuff and I feel like that's kind of me as well like I feel like I'm being true to myself by following this idea that I had rather than just putting it off out of fear yeah Julia Broughton the lone wolf that's the one yes that's the one yeah (laughs) I know we're running out of time but and I I I don't really want to dwell on the whole coronavirus thing because the fact is Mm -hmm. like we've been doing this podcast for five years and people still listen to the episodes from five years ago so I'm hoping at some point in the future people will be like oh yeah that time in 2020 when that thing yeah yeah equally um I, I don't want to totally ignore it because like how how has it affected like your business uh, the thing is, um, is affected like things to do with events. So I often do artwork for a company called GCMA, GSMA, uh, my stuttering, uh, two languages will do this to you. Um, um, and I do a lot of like, uh, conference artwork. So they would have events and then I'll get to like dress up the whole event. Um, and I've also done some stuff for MTV, which they were planning to sort of interview a few artists and have like some of my illustrations animated around the artists and stuff. So things like that uh, are not going forward anymore, which is really annoying. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of the print and digital stuff is still going on and stuff. I've been doing a lot of like book covers, weirdly enough, and a lot of like editorial illustrations. So it's been I feel like it's affected it because a lot of the cool things I wanted to do are not happening anymore. But at the same time, it's like there's a lot of other things that I've had the pleasure of working on, which make me really grateful. I guess that's where you've got that diverse range of things that you work on, I guess. Yeah. Like my, my father's always said to me, like, obviously, he didn't understand what I was doing. But as an architect, it goes to me, you know, just always apply yourself to different things and experiment with things. And I feel like ever since I was a child, since I said that, I've always kept that at the back of my mind. And it's pretty much done me well ever since. Kingsley, been so good to talk to you. I can hear a phone ringing in the background from one of my neighbour's gardens. (laughs) 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 Oh, they've picked up. Um, (laughs) uh, Go to beingfreelance.com. There will be links through to Kingsley's site so that you can check out his work, which is really, really cool. So go take a look at his wonderful portfolio and there's links to his Instagram and Twitter. We'll put a link to Julia's episode as well that he mentioned. So all of that is at beingfreelance.com. While you're there, click the link through to community. Come and join us. Uh, Freelancers from around the world are right there waiting to hang out with you. And uh, if you really enjoyed this, of course, please do help spread the word. You can leave a review for it. But if you're sharing it somewhere online, 
then please do right now that would be really cool as well and if you want to buy as a packet of biscuits <laughs> to say thanks <laughs> you can beingfreelance.com slash coffee no worries if you can't right now because hey crazy times but crazy times call for biscuits and so buy, buy yourself some if not me that's fine kingsley thank you so much and really really great to chat to you all the best being freelance thank you